As educators, it's so important that we bring passion to our classrooms each and every day. Today's guest is so excited about his subject. He wants math to be the favorite subject for every one of his kids. He's going to share a lot of those ideas that he uses with us. Welcome to the STEM Everyday Podcast. Each episode features educators sharing their practical ideas to put more science, technology, engineering, and math into every classroom every day. For show notes and more information, visit dailystem.com. Here's your host, Chris Woods. Well, educators, I'm so excited on today's episode of the STEM Everyday Podcast. We get to hear from a phenomenal mathematics educator. His name is Lebo Valencia. He is at Mr. Valencia24 on Twitter. You should definitely give him a follow because he's always sharing amazing things he's doing with his kids, uh, high school level kids. Even he teaches some college. Uh, he's in New York and he is passionate about spreading the joy of mathematics. And for some of you, you may be thinking that's that's an oxymoron. You can't have joy in mathematics. But welcome to the show today, Lebo. Thank you so much for having me, Chris. I am excited. I don't know if I'm an expert, but I am excited <laughs> to be here today. I'm excited to share, and I just I just can't wait to get started. Yeah, um, you are an expert, Lebo. I've I've yeah. followed you, and uh, there's so many great things that you share. Uh, you're an expert because you're still in that classroom, and yet you're still sharing those ideas with educators out there. Uh, first of all, just tell us, how'd you get so excited about, uh, about math and, and really bringing that math play aspect in? All right. So let me tell you like a quick, 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 quick story. Yeah. So I, you know, I was born and raised in Colombia and I was always a good student. I was always like passionate about like numbers and math. It all like made sense to me. Mm -hmm. And then uh, we moved to the States when I was about uh, like 15 years old. I had to like learn the language, yeah. you know, start from like zero. And I always felt like math was always sort of like my safe place because yeah. like from the beginning, I was taking class like math classes in English. And even though like I didn't speak the language, I understood the math. So I was like, I, I think it was then that I was like, okay, like I'm definitely, I, like I knew I was going to do something math related. I, I didn't know I was going to go into teaching, but like that, I always had like this connection uh, with mathematics. Then I, you know, went to college. I, I became a, a math educator. And since then, like I've been trying to spread the joy of math. I love math. I'm passionate about it. I think that math has a bad reputation that we're <laughs> going to change. And yeah. um, the, the idea of uh, sort of like math play started with my, with my daughters. Um, I have a seven-year-old and a two-year-old. My seven-year-old is like an angel, like extremely well-behaved. My two-year-old is like the devil. Uh, <laughs> but like with my seven-year-old, as you can imagine, like in the in the in our basement, we have like five hundred toys, like math toys and things. And yeah, I started playing with her when she was like three, four. She was going into like pre-K, and we started like math playing with shapes and numbers and different things. Right. And she was always like very engaged. It it always felt so. We started calling it math play. And so, like, she would like, she would say, like, oh, Tata, are we going to play, like, play, play or math play? <laughs> we would, like, go to the basement and, like, play and whatnot. So she was, like, so engaged that I started thinking, oh, my God, like, I wish my students at the high school will have, like, this level of engagement because she didn't want to stop playing. She would stop playing with shapes and whatever we were doing. So that's when the idea, like, you know, was born. I was like, oh, my God, I want to bring this level of engagement and excitement to my students at the at the high school and I I've been trying to do that and I've been getting like very good like feedback from students and mm -hmm. in, in terms of the level of engagement and like uh how deep they go into the mathematics because that's one thing people think that oh play is like secondary like oh okay yeah like, this is a cute activity 
But what I found out at the high school and at the college is that there there could be like very deep mathematics within play at any level. So that's kind of like my mission now to like keep spreading the the joy of mathematics. Yeah, and 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 Lebo, that that is so awesome to hear. I mean, as a math teacher myself, I, I mean, you're you're right on in so many of those different things. I mean, it's so important when parents get engaged, especially at that younger age, to get kids uh, excited and and to not transfer like that negative perception of math education. And sometimes that even happens happens indirectly from a lot of uh, teachers you know maybe they say i'm not any good at math and and instantly that can turn off a kid mm-hmm. oh definitely you hear that all the time i hear it like like now like <laughs> this week i was at the eye doctor and you say like oh mr Melissa, what do you do i'm, I'm a teacher what yeah. do you teach math oh i hated math <laughs> oh i hate math 90 <laughs> percent of the time is like i hated math da, 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 da. i'm not a math person this and this and that so like parents and teachers like pass that on to, to their kids, like they're, you know, their math phobia, their math anxiety. And it's not, it's what I find is that a lot of times that that people are bad at math. Hmm. They have this, like th- this idea of what math is. Like math is like rapid computations, which is not. Uh, so they feel like, oh no, or, or maybe they were taught like in a specific way. And like, I had a professor like that in, in, at, the, at the college where if you don't do it like this, the way you were taught in class, it's like you're not gonna get any credit. You're gonna die. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's like the, and if you don't see it like that, it's like it's terrible. And nowadays, with all the technology that we have, with all the tools, yeah. with every, all the research that is out there, with everything that we know, we should be able to like reach kids in like in different ways and at different levels. Yeah, and I know one of the questions that you've you've got out there, you know, is that that idea of what if math class was every kid's favorite class, and 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 that's not going to happen overnight. That's not going to happen even for every kid. But um, a lot of the projects that you do are really incredible. Uh, really engage that kid. I'm sure a lot of educators are thinking, so how do I do that? How do I start to build that that love of math, that that math play, that joy that happens in math? So what are some of those ideas? What are some of those ways that you have started to build that into your classroom? So let me mention that um, I'm very passionate about math, obviously. Yeah, uh, obviously. At the, <laughs> at the high school, I teach what you will consider like three different levels. So I mm-hmm. teach like pre-calc, advanced, which is mm-hmm. like, you know, the advanced track. I teach like a a standard geometry class and I teach like also like an essential algebra two level class. So all the strategies and everything that I do, I use all along. So yeah. it's not like the projects that I do and things that I do are not just for like the kids who are like strong in math. Right. Or the kids that are so I use it. I get the three like I'm lucky. I get the three levels. I get like the That's advanced awesome. kids, the standard and the kids that are essential that need a lot of support, a lot of scaffolds. Yeah. So when I started thinking, you know, making that transition like math planning at home with my daughter and bringing it to the school, I decided to start with like geometry. I was like, oh my God, like geometry, yeah. oh. be, like, the perfect class to start. It, it is, so yeah. Applications. Yeah, so many applications, so many things. So I, I will start doing small things, right? Like my first math play activities were not like a, a Desmos art project or something like significant on GeoGebra. They were like small things. Like for example, we were exploring right triangles, right? Okay. Common topic in geometry. Yep. So then I said like after we explored different properties of the of the right triangle I said all right guys so let's walk around the school let's take a picture of whatever you think is a right triangle and then come back and and I was afraid Chris I was like oh my god what if they don't come back what if they just like go all over like the kids in my school like extremely well behaved so they went and took a picture they came back like okay like this looks like a right triangle Mr. Valencia or like right. I couldn't find anything so then I was like all right now let's take this picture and then let's upload it to GeoGebra so they mm-hmm. uploaded it to GeoGebra and then we just started playing with the tools I said okay so your goal uh, Chris, is to show that this is a right triangle. 
And then they're looking at me, but like, but like how? I was like, I don't know. Show that it's the right triangle. Yeah. So they started playing with the tools and like that. They, they this was like probably like a month into our class. So they had somebody and and like right triangles is not new to them at the high school level. They've seen it before. Right. So they started playing and and crazy. It was amazing because like I had some students that measured the distance around the triangle. So they say, Oh, A squared plus B squared equals C squared. I yep. had some students that measured the interior angles of a triangle. And they said, like, oh, this was like 89 point whatever. So I don't know if it's a right triangle. And it was just like the measurement weren't exact, but, but it was the right triangle. And then some other students did like the slope, mm-hmm. right? Of the different lines. And they said, Oh, like this slopes are 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 like you know negative reciprocals. reciprocals, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, they didn't say that. They said, like, oh, they were like they're switching opposite. I was like, what do you yeah. mean by that? And you know, and so like what I love was that they were all able to approach the same problem mm-hmm. in different ways, yeah. in a way that made sense. And then we got to share that. Yeah. Now, the downside as a classroom teacher is that we did one problem, right? Mm-hmm. But it was like, I could have given them like a, the entire class. All right, here's like a worksheet. Not, I don't have anything against worksheets, but right. here's like a worksheet of five problems. But this was like so much more meaningful because they walk mm-hmm. around. And then like after they do that, then I take pictures of it. And then I post it on Twitter. And they're like, oh, my God, Mr. Valencia, you share yeah. our work? And then like, I'm sharing, then like the school is like putting it on their website and their thing. So the kids are excited. They're yeah. happy. So it's just like a different approach. And like social media and technology is a part of their life. Yeah. Right. Like it's, it's an integral part of their life. So like if we can bring, like we have to bring math to where they are. To answer your question, my, my recommendation will be like start small. Start with like things that are not like too significant. Also like don't attach any grades to anything. Right. So like you do an activity, let it be like practice, let it be, because the minute you say, okay, I'm going to grade this, then it's like the kids are thinking about, oh, like, I don't want to make a mistake. I want them to explore. I want them to play. And if they have that freedom, then that's why they were able to say, oh, I'm going to do the angles. Oh, I'm going to do the slope. Is this okay? Will this work? I, was, I don't know. Let's find out. Somebody did A squared plus B squared. So it was like deeper understanding. They were able to see connections between like the angles and the slope of the line and different things that I don't think they would have come out just by doing a worksheet on like, right. all right, prove that these are right triangles yeah. using X, Y, or Z. Yeah, and and it's so amazing as as you say all those things, Levo. I've I've done those same kind of projects before, and I and, and I completely understand you. You know, as educators, you're listening. Uh, I got to do all these standards. Oh, I got I got to cover this curriculum. And uh, Levo, you know, you shared that th- those kids came up with three very different mathematical concepts through that. Well, now as you bring that back together into that classroom discussion. Look at this. Look at this. This and, and now you you've instantly reviewed three different ideas. You got three strategies, and plus it's an easy intro kind of kind of project to something like GeoGebra, where you just said, okay, put it on there and figure out the tools, and and those kind of things can be very powerful to then build into other things throughout the school year. Definitely, and it comes from them. Yeah, like if I tell them, they might forget, but if they discover it, then it's a different story because uh-huh. it came from them. They yeah, were and, the ones that measured the angle, not not Mr. Valencia. Yeah, and teachers, don't worry. They're gonna figure out the technology that you give them to use. They're they're again, they they grow up with it. It's it's there in their lives every day. So so all these types of projects, all these different things, and 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 really there was no lesson plan necessarily for you. I mean, when when we do things like that, it's just okay, take a picture, now figure it out. And and <laughs> that puts the focus on them to to have to use their mind to figure it out. It's not just replicating something you told them to do. But but you've built from that. You've built so many ideas, and and that could be scaled to so many different things. You could have little kids doing that with pictures. You can have them just trying to find shapes and snap pictures of them, and and trying to figure out what those shapes are. But as you start doing some of those projects, now it builds into more, right? Right, right, definitely. And also the things that I did with my daughter, like kind of like. You know, I, I was able to like translate it to like the high school level. 
with my daughter, one of the things that she loved, I mean, she didn't always love it, but it was like, we will build like 2D shapes, mm -hmm. right? With like mm -hmm. our blocks and our like Legos and whatnot. And then we'll try to like translate it to 3D. Mm -hmm. So like, I remember when we started doing that, it was fun. We started with like basic things, like a little house, like a little car. And then we started doing like more complex things and she will like get upset or get frustrated. Like, how do I do this? And like, or like she was attempting something that I knew wasn't going to hold because it was yeah. like, like a round shape. I was like, oh, this is not going to work, but I will let her try. Yeah. And then like the next time she's like, oh, no, no, you like, I know this is not going to work. It has to be solid. It has to be like some sort of like, you know, rectangular prism. So like it holds the base. So I saw like kind of like the same thing with the kids at the high school. Like yeah. when they discover the tools and they, when they're doing the self-exploration, that sticks with them. The next time that they do it, they now are coming in with that experience. All right, like I tried this. And like one thing that is that I feel that is very important for us to teach our kids like problem solving. Like, right? Like, problem solving is what we do when we don't know what to do. Like, yeah. what do we do? Like, you're not yeah. always going to be told. And interestingly, like, I find that the kids at the honors, the advanced classes, like that more. They're like, oh, what do I do? But, like, they're, like, afraid to, like, oh, if I do something, then it's going to be marked wrong. You're they're, like, wrong. so worried about the grades. While, like, like the kids at, like, maybe, like, the standard level, they're, like, more willing to try. They're, like, all right, well, I'll give it a try. I don't know what's going to happen. I think that that is, like, because, like, we're used to, okay, like the teacher's going to show me the way and then I'm going to replicate that and it has to be perfect. It has to be beautiful. Mm -hmm. And like, they're more afraid to like, like, you know, step out of line or do something different. Mm -hmm. But with math play, what I find out is that at the end, they're like more willing to try, which is what we, you know, ultimately want. Yeah. Yeah. That iteration process that they're going to be facing in industry and facing in business, facing in engineering, facing in, in so many different STEM fields. If they go into those, even in things like if, if you're a lawyer or something and you got to use that logic process that's that's right. so built into to mathematical subjects, you've got to be able to to try something and it failed. Go back, try something else and it fails and and keep going until you you make it through. And, and, and I know a lot of teachers are thinking, OK, so Lebo's talking about, you know, all this high school math and, and maybe I'm a high school math teacher and you're just loving these ideas. Is and, and definitely follow again on Twitter at Mr. Valencia24. That's in the show notes as well. You can see some of these amazing projects. And, and you've also spoken at some conferences and things like that. And people can find out more about that uh, connecting with you that way. But, you know, what about that middle school teacher? What about that elementary school teacher who maybe isn't trained in, you know, a mathematics degree? How do, how do you start building some of those things and that play aspect, yet still getting that curriculum into some of those younger ages? So, I, you know, honesty, I, you know, I, my license is a secondary license. I teach mm -hmm. high school, but I'm now like an unofficial elementary <laughs> math teacher because I'm, you know, I'm learning as I go with, with my, with my daughter. Yeah. And what I discover is like, you know, I grew up in Colombia. So like my experience of elementary school was like completely different to what like she has now. One thing that I find effective, especially for like the younger uh, students mm -hmm. is a lot of exploration, a lot of play. A lot of things where I love the story that um with my daughter when one day she didn't want to go to bed and I'm trying to say like okay like Mariana let's go to bed hurry and she's taking her time you know you've been if you're yeah. a parent you've been there yeah. like when they're oh, yeah. like taking their time and you're like oh Jesus come on hurry up <laughs> and then like she asked me um Tata what's a negative number out of the blue out of the blue I know she's not doing negative numbers in school she just wanted me to talk and she got yeah, it yeah like, she could stay up later so yeah, I was, but right, get, get dad talking about math he'll 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 keep me up for hours so then I you know I went downstairs I I, I did what you know what any math teacher would have done I did a, a broad graph paper I did a number line I'm like all right here's I know you know zero one two three four and then to the left is like negative one negative two so she looks at the thing and she we're big Star Wars fans Okay. So she says, oh, so negative numbers are like numbers like like Anakin. They're on the dark side. 
And I'm like, that's exactly what they are. <laughs> so then we know on the number line, we're putting like uh, uh, the mini, the mini figure of like Anakin on like negative on one and Darth Vader or negative one. So it was just fun. So like things like that, like exploration, mm -hmm. like let the kids explore, play with ideas. I do feel, again, I'm not an elementary uh, teacher, but right. I feel that there is a lot of room for exploration. Mm -hmm. A lot of room for like, oh, what about this? What what if I try it this way? So I think that allowing the kids to like to like try something to make mistakes, I think that's that's something that could be beneficial. Mm -hmm. And again, I I feel that for like for, for elementary, it's probably um there's like more tools, right? More yeah. tools, like more game sets, yeah. shapes, and different things. At the high school is like different because they, you know, some of them are immature. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. But yeah. Some of them have a like different mentality. They're like, okay, like I'm applying to college, I'm gonna do this. But even those kids, like play is such a natural thing. Yeah. Like when you when you see something or like that that catches you, you know, catches your eye or like picks your interest, you're like, all right, like I'm trying, you're trying like to figure it out. So I feel like trying to teach math through like exploration and activities. Now, I do know as a classroom teacher, I know that it's extremely hard because you might have a class of like different learners who have like different needs. You mm -hmm. might have, you know, the principal visiting your class like, all right, Mr. Valencia, what do you like? What What is this? Why is everyone? Where is your class? Why are yeah. you taking pictures of life? Yeah. So like I completely get that. I mean, it has to be like a like the whole school has to yeah. be like kind of like on board because if you're trying to do these things and then you have like you know administrators coming in saying like oh no we want the kids to be in in rows or we want the kids to be sitting down the entire mm -hmm. time mm -hmm. it's going to be more difficult. But yeah. what I find is like once you try this and you see the level of engagement of the kids, mm -hmm. no, like anybody who's in education because yeah. of the kids is going to feel like oh no like this is good. Like look how engaged the kids are. Like that being said, I, as a classroom teacher, I know that, you know, I have to be like at the end of the school year, they're going to take a region, they're going to take a, a state assessment, they're going to take a final. So I understand that there's like all the things that we have to take care of. Yes. But exploration and play is such a like important and fundamental part of, uh, of our students learning. Yeah. And and again, as a math teacher myself, I understand there's all those basics that they need, those things that they do need to get. But so often when you build those into those hands-on activities, those those challenges, elementary teachers have that benefit. They can have uh, maybe some room in their classroom where they've got you know those centers for, for exploration. You can have a big pile of Legos and you can have a big pile of blocks and you can have uh, all different types of paper for drawing on and, and, and thinking uh, two-dimensionally, three-dimensionally and, and getting the kids outside and, and looking for, looking for objects and how many pine cones can you find? And well, now we can make a number line out of them based on their size and, uh, all sorts of different things. Yeah. There's so many different ways. It, it, sometimes it just involves just, just trying something, you know, even though it might fail sometimes too. And, and I'm sure you've, you've, had your experiences of, of failure working with different things. Oh yeah. we got plenty of those. <laughs> Uh, I know, I know educators uh, love finding all those great resources too. And, and I know you've used, and we've talked about it already, you've used Desmos a lot and to create a lot of uh, art things. Uh, just, yeah. just tell, tell educators just a little bit about uh, how that could be such a powerful tool in a classroom. So the Desmos, um, like the Desmos art project is definitely like a win-win for like any level, whether it's mm -hmm. like an algebra class where you're just building it with like lines mm -hmm. or whether you're teaching like an algebra two breakout class or geometry, any class, it, it will be good. Mm -hmm. So like the first time that, that I tried, we had just finished um, like our section, like conic sections, mm -hmm. where they learn about like a circle, the ellipse, the, and, and we, and so I, I was going to give them a quiz. And I was like, oh, I don't want to give them a quiz. Like the test is like very similar to what they're going to have to do. Because like once they know the formulas and like they, if you remember, like, the, you know, your ellipses, there's like so like there's a formula for the ellipse. There's a formula for the circle. There's yep. a formula for the hyperbola. There's 
the formulas for the parabola. So I'm thinking, all right, like I want them to practice this, and uh, but I wanted them to do like something different, not like in the in the sense that we're gonna sit down. I'm gonna give you a summative assessment where I'm gonna see like I wanted something different. So I started thinking, and I saw like some ideas on Twitter. Like if you're not on Twitter, get on Twitter because you get like so many ideas yeah. from Twitter. So I I wanted to do something um authentic, right? So I said, all right, guys, let's do a project, uh, and it was themed all around like school spirit. Mm -hmm. So like they started doing things with like school, like like the, the initials, like the, the the logo of the school. So it was amazing. I was like, oh my god, this is great. And then from there, they requested another one. We did like rational functions. So like the more they know, now they're like, oh, like oh, now we could do this or now we could do that. So long story short, like they started requesting projects. So we ended up doing like now I do like three within the school year. I, I allowed them to say, okay, like let's do it now on your favorite book or your favorite movie. And you could recreate a character. You could recreate a scene from the movie. So they like took the picture, right? They uploaded it to Desmos and they started building the picture it, using equations, yeah. using different domain and range restrictions. So the, the quality of the work that they, that they deliver was unbelievable. Some yeah. students had like over a hundred equations and I kept the directions very loose. I was like, all right, so look on this project, I want you to use at least five different types of functions. So like, yeah. Do linear you could do quadratic you could do exponential you could do a log you could do a trigonometric and it was amazing they were they were so engaged in the project yeah. and at no point did i say like you have to do 100 equations but because it was like something authentic because it was like all right somebody was making their like favorite their favorite character and they wanted it to be like good as best as it could be and yeah, so they so keep they keep going and, and if it's an equation they're like how do i do this part mr valencia you know that's that oh. perfect opening Yes, and about the failures, because like this was like the first time that I did this. I knew how to use this most from like the teacher's perspective, but the kids like I Mr. Valencia, so how do I restrict like this thing? I'm like, oh, I don't know. Let's let's yeah. let's see, let's find out. And then what I'm trying to think, somebody says, like, oh, oh, I remember Chris. They were they were trying, they wanted to like color in. Mm -hmm. I said, Mr. Valencia, can we color this? And I was like, Yes, I'm sure you can. Let me think. So I'm thinking, yeah. and then a student says, like, oh, what if we do an inequality? Yeah. Instead of an equation. I yep. sort of got like it came from a student and it was so powerful because they were yeah. like, oh, duh. So like then, they, then they're all like doing inequalities to like fill it in using yeah. different domain and range restrictions. I got to like share about it for the Mathematical Association of America, like in a, in a, in a blog. Mm -hmm. And I showed them they, oh my God, they couldn't believe it. They were like, <laughs> they were sharing that on their social media. Like, oh, my yeah. project made it to this. Yeah. Uh, what they was on the school website. So like you, like in a way we're using math to empower the kids. Like, okay. We learn about like conic sections now. Use that to make a project that yeah. you're interested about. Um, so like the kid, it was amazing. Um, you could do it for like different levels, different learners, uh, and allow the students to like, take it to their level. I could tell you that everyone got a hundred, like right. <laughs> everyone <laughs> there was like, it, and some people did not submit it on time, so that's like yeah. a different story. But like everyone did like the best work they could do, yeah. and it was amazing. And like. The other thing that I wanted to make a connection for was that um, a lot of times when I share like things about math, like they say, oh, some people might say, oh, that's cute, but we don't have time for that. We are doing like very rigorous math. If you look at some of these projects, oh, yeah. there's like very, very rigorous math going into there. there yeah. I remember that there was a student, one of the students did like a, another teacher in school. Mm -hmm. And then for their like hairline, they used like a trigonometric function and they thought it was the funniest thing ever. <laughs> I thought it was the funniest thing ever. I shared it with the teacher. He told he came back like to see the project. So it was like, you know, allowing our students to use math beyond like the classroom, yeah. kind of make connections to like different things. 
that's like, you know, that I'm, I was very happy. I was very pleased. And since then, I'm always doing like project, like Desmos are projects because they're like definitely yeah. win-win. That's awesome. Educators, if you're listening, you're like, what's Desmos? What's GeoGebra, which Lebo mentioned earlier? Uh, uh and G-E-O-G-E-B-R-A.org. And uh, both those are in the show notes. You can uh, click on those if you need to. But educators, they're free resources and, and they work on, on any device. And get your kids something, doing something, trying something. Uh, you'll be amazed at, at where it leads to. And, and Lebo, uh, we're getting uh, towards the end of the episode, but I, I really want to give you this platform also to to, to talk about a book you've been working on. It's going to be coming out in Codebreaker Publishing probably in 2023, sharing a lot of these ideas and even more. Yeah, so I, you know, I, I've i got into, like, I, I still feel like I'm, like, relatively new to Twitter. I opened Twitter, like, uh, three years ago when I started, like, my, my new job. And since then, I've been, like, sharing things. And, like, it's always, like, one thing leads to another. Yeah. I presented um last year for the Global Math Department. I did a presentation on, like, Math Play, some of the things that I was doing. And, um, and, and, you know, Brian Aspinall from Codebreaker watched the presentation. He reached out via Twitter. He's like, oh, Lee, like, you should, you should write a book about this. And <laughs> because uh, to be honest, as, you know, as, as, as a math teacher, I, I didn't consider myself like, oh, like a much of a writer, but yeah. I've been sharing like blogs and, and posts. So I feel like it's good. It's positive, right? Yeah. Um, well, it, stre- it stretches you, you know, that whole, you know, right. uh, the same thing as the other person saying, well, I'm not a math person, exactly, right? Exactly. Us, us math people, oh, we're not writers. We can't do that kind of stuff. But but again, that's a powerful thing. You know, when I wrote my book, I mean, my kids are like, you can write, you know, or <laughs> it's, it's like, yeah, you can use both sides of your brain. You can use both all those different types of skills. So, so it's going to be about that math play aspect, yeah, right? So it's going to be, so like, it's going to be about uh, um, math play, like how, like, the story came about um how like you know what were the steps in implementing it for like at the high school like some of the steps are, like implementing it at the college what has been the feedback that i've gotten from like from like my students what other activities he has led into um, um in the book i'm going to talk about um like tech tools that i've used specifically that can help facilitate math play some math routines that can also help facilitate math play so basically the story of math play right how yeah. it started in the basement with my daughter and how he has reached like my students at the high school my students mm-hmm. at the college and my hope chris is that is a story right from mm-hmm. a teacher from an educator to other educators so my hope is that it will inspire other people to like facilitate math play in their classes or at home and kind of like give them not like an algorithm like do this this is gonna work right but this formula yes yeah. like okay like i tried this with this class i tried this with this class this is what I would have done different. This was great. You know, so like sharing from the perspective of, of, a, of a classroom teacher, there is a whole chapter on like math play in action, right? Mm-hmm. So where I have like specific examples from like my daughter in kindergarten uh, to my students at the college level. Mm-hmm. Uh, so hopefully that, I mean, yes, I mean, still in the process, still a working process. So um, it will probably come out probably like to 2023, but that's through like Code Breaker. And, mm-hmm. you know, we'll keep everyone posted via yeah. Twitter. Yep. Uh, follow, yeah, follow, follow Lebo at Mr. Valencia 24. Again, that's in the show notes. Uh, do it. There's so many great ideas he's sharing and, and definitely reach out to him. I mean, reply to something, ask him a question. He'll be happy to uh, share his ideas, advice and, and things like that. And I also want to mention that I, as a teacher, we're all like time poor, right? Yeah. Nobody has time to try anything new. Nobody has time to like, oh, I don't want to do that. I really yeah. have a great lesson. But what I want to, uh, what I want to share is that a lot of the things, a lot of the things that I do on Desmos and GeoGebra are like done by other teachers. Mm-hmm. So like, like I take, 
I find like I go in GeoGebra and I look up, I don't know, quadratic equations or complex numbers. And then I find activities and things and applets yeah. that somebody already made, mm -hmm. sometimes in like all the parts of the world. Now I take it, I tweak it, right? Yep. I add my flavor to it. I might add some nodes or I might say, okay, this is great. Yep. This is awesome. Yep. And, and and I use that with my students. So like, I don't want you to feel like, oh my God, I want to have to learn a new, a new tool. Right. I, I don't have time to learn GeoGebra. I don't have time to do this. The tools are very, very intuitive. Mm -hmm. They're going to be very appealing to your students. The students are going to be able to like, what I tell everybody all the time is your students are your best tech support. Yep. Like once you start oh, working yeah. with something, if you're not able to figure it out, like I'm comfortable with technology. I'm comfortable like trying things out. Not that because I have a degree in like any, any tech stuff, but I'll try it. And I yeah. know that if it doesn't work, I just look at my students and I'm like, all right, guys. So like, what do we think? <laughs> and then they, they'll go up and they'll try to like work it out. And there has been times where like, we're not like, okay, like, I don't know what's happening, Mr. Valencia. And that's okay. Like if an administrator comes in and I'm doing, I'm in the middle of that, they know that like, no, Mr. Valencia is not wasting time. We're trying to do something positive. So I feel like you have to have that, that established. I, what I do sometimes when I'm going to try something that I don't know if it's going to go right, mm -hmm. I invite the administrators mm -hmm. in advance. So like, I'm like, what if they come in? So I, I'm like, oh, uh, dear, whatever, Mr. Whatever. I'm going to be trying something new tomorrow during this, this, that. If you could stop by, that would be great. Yeah. So that way, in my mind, if they stop by, it, it doesn't work out. Well, you knew that I was going to, that I was going to try something new. That's and awesome. that way I'm like, all right, good. But like, you know, sometimes they stop by and they give you feedback and whatnot. But I want to say that, you know, I know we're all time poor, but yeah. a lot of the deal, a lot of the resources are already right. out there mm -hmm. and you just can implement it and your students are going to benefit so much from it. And the other thing is like, don't be afraid to use the technology because like, it, it's just a tool. The relation mm -hmm. that you have with your students will like carry that along. Right. Yeah. So like, if you need support, if you need help, your students will be there for you. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, great advice, Lebo. And and I'm I'm listening to all that too, thinking, you know, like you said, be able to adapt a project because there are so many great resources available in those platforms and so many other things. You know, looking for those ideas, just tweak them a little bit to better fit your students because because every kid is different. Every kid's gonna learn a bit a little bit different and and you can adapt it to your classroom and um, you know, work smarter, not harder too, at the same time. Exactly. So and uh just listening earlier to your story coming from Columbia and and mm -hmm. um, you know, that 15-year-old who just loved math. Math, and that was basically the language that that helped you um, connect all those other things. And, and what a powerful story that is. And, and for a lot of kids, that's that's going to be that same kind of thing, uh, whether they're whether they're uh, learning it as a brand new language or that math is that language that they can trust in. So that's awesome. Uh, guest speaker, if you could have someone from STEM past or present, uh, be that ultimate guest speaker in your classroom <laughs> to your kids uh, to really inspire them. Who, who would that be, Lebo? All right, so there, there's two like uh, one is like, some guy called uh, Chris Woods from like <laughs> <laughs> I love to have you sometime, uh, but like I thought about it, like you know I I know like listen to you, but like, you asked this question and I was thinking and it was hard, like I was I was like thinking hard about this question, so I think I would love to have Archimedes, oh, um yeah. and 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 the, you, like the things that he did, pretty amazing, right? Yeah. So I feel like you could learn like so much. There is something in particular. I don't know if you're if you're familiar with this. So like they, there's the the Antikythera mechanism. So there was like a shipwreck, some and then they found some stuff. They found some like pieces of art, and they found this like mechanism, right? Like this this machine, and then like scientists are like looking at this, and they call it like a, a, a an ancient computer. Mm -hmm. And I think it was like it wasn't like so much like of a computer, like computer like today computer, right? But it was like a mechanism that was able to like 
uh, predict like the orbits of of the planets and like the position of the planets and like uh, the position of the moon and when there's gonna be an eclipse. It, it is like mind blowing because it's yeah. like little like little like circles and little ellipses and they all connect together. So like this was developing that at, at that time. Now there is no guarantee, but I like historians and people who like know about this think that it was very likely that Archimedes made it. So I would love to have him and ask him, like, did you make this? How did you make this? <laughs> well, <laughs> so that was my question. No, I was thinking, and for kids, I mean, that that idea that someone without a computer, without the latest, greatest technology can do amazing things is, is so powerful to kids to realize they can do amazing things too. Yes, yes. It, it, when I watch it, I was like, started reading about it. I was like, oh my god! Like, I, I wish we could like build this somehow, like, right? Because it is in a museum right now. It's being like they like they, they made it. But if you like watch a video about it, Chris, it's mm -hmm. so it's absolutely like mind blowing mm -hmm. that at that time they knew like they knew so much, and it was like so accurate because like the scientists now with the technology of now they were trying to like you know like see like how act and it's like extremely accurate. For like that time so that was i mean that's i, I will also want to ask archimedes you know there's like a, i don't know if this is a tale or like you know they said that they, he did so he will defend um when like ships were attacking city i don't remember what city was uh so but they were attacking some city so he will put like the the story says that the, the, he will put like mirrors on like uh, on like the top of like a cliff of something and use like the sun to like burn the ships so it's also like some pretty amazing stuff and using technology, using, using math. So I will want to ask Archimedes like so many, like so many questions, like show me like, well, how did you, like, what were you thinking? Like, how did yeah. you come up? Like, how did you, how could you possibly do all these things, you know, with the technology of that time? Yeah. And, and probably a lot of those things that he came up with weren't the very first iteration. They were the second, the third, you know, after many failures. And, and sometimes kids, uh, they see the, the successes of people throughout history and say, wow, that's amazing. How did they come up with that? Uh, and we often don't uh, take a look at all those failures, all that learning process that led up to it. And, and those are the types of things that are happening every day in your, your classroom with those kids, Lebo, doing the great job teaching math that you're doing. Thank you. And, and Chris, I agree. I, I don't think that um that kids see that enough. Even from the perspective of a classroom teacher, when I do a lesson, yeah. my lesson is like, oh, you know, here are my slides. Everything is like beautiful. Everything's like, yeah. you go to the next thing. There's a transition. There's like a yeah. decimals activity. There's a GeoGebra applet. So like mm -hmm. kids see the final product, but mm -hmm. like I, I think the, I'm going into my 14 year of teaching. If you saw like Libra Valencia mm -hmm. from year one to Libra right. Valencia like last yep. year, yep. there's like a, a, a huge difference, right? Which yep. is good. So like, I feel that we could tell the kids, oh, we should have a growth mindset and whatnot, mm -hmm. but we need to model it, right? Yep. Doing yep. different things, showing like, how can you tell your students, okay, like have a growth mindset and at the same time say, oh, I don't want to try new technology because I don't know if, if it's going to work. Well, if you model the growth, the growth mindset, like try new technology and it fails, you're going to show your students, all right, we're trying this because I think it's going to be good for you. I think it's going to be engaging. I think this is something that you're going to you're going to take and do all the things with. So I think that we need to model that more like that That's growth awesome. mindset. Right. Because That's as awesome. teachers, we want to be in control. We want our lessons to be perfect for our students in case somebody comes in. But it doesn't have to be like that. Like that mm -hmm. takes time. That takes that's like a long process like even when you teach a new class for the first time yeah right the second year you're like 10 times better right because oh, you're like, yeah. oh my god i did this i spent so much time on this or i didn't do enough of this or like oh this lesson was terrible but like it, it takes time and the kids they, they have to be aware 
that it's not going to be it's not going to be successful the first time that you try it and that's okay that's fine that's part of like it's part of the process yeah uh, Lebo Valencia it's been so great to have you on on the podcast and I hope educators listening today have just a, a great perspective now that that math is more than just the worksheets and uh, there's that joy of mathematics and you've definitely been passionate about sharing that with us today Lebo no thank you thank you so much for having me I I think I'm you know I'm, I'm happy to be able to share I'm happy that uh when I've shared things, I know anything that I do that that works or doesn't work, I yeah. share on Twitter. Yeah. Um, and it's yep. it's pretty powerful to me. Um, like it's very meaningful when I see somebody. Oh my God, there was a a teacher in Australia who did um like the Pringles Ringle, and like uh -huh. Pringles in Australia are so different. Chris, like, like do you eat Pringles? Like if you see yeah. the Pringles in Australia, like I saw the pig, it's like flat. Like I don't know how they made the circle because it's not. <laughs> The shape that we have, yeah. but they made the circle. They were like, "Oh, thank you, Mr. Valencia, for like sharing this idea." So, like that, like you know, makes my day. I'm like, "Oh my god, that's so cool that somebody took that idea, implemented yeah. it for their students, and yeah. it doesn't have to be the exact same thing." No, nope. you know your students best. You yep. know what's gonna work for them. You know how long it's gonna take them. You know, okay, like this is good. I, I don't want to do that part of the activity, but for me to like be able to inspire people and like see math with like in a different lens and try to make like connections beyond the classroom and mm -hmm. like using math to like build community, it's so important and it's so meaningful. And that, and I hope that more people are able to do that. And that's what's gonna change that bad reputation that mathematics has. We got to do that, educators. We got to change that reputation of math. Make it uh, one of your kids' favorite classes every day. Follow him at Mr. Valencia 24 on Twitter. Again, all these things are in the show notes as well. Uh, really appreciate you joining us on the show today and, and keep up the great work. Thank you so much for having me, Chris. We have to do this again at some point, uh, but this was, this was fun. Thank you Sounds so much. Sounds good, especially after that book comes out. Codebreaker Publishing, again, follow Lebo and you can find out more information about it as, as it comes out in 2023. Educators, uh, thanks again for listening to this episode. Remember, you can uh, subscribe on your favorite podcast app, leave a review, help more educators to find all these great stories about educators like Lebo doing incredible stuff. If you need to connect with me, head to dailystem.com. Always happy to help you. And until then, again, just keep on helping make STEM for every kid and every classroom every day.